Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to our conversation with I am your humble host, Floyd Marshall Jr. And I am joined today. I am so excited because I've heard so much about this amazing young lady from her awesome mom on Clubhouse. Clubhouse, this is where you meet everybody. And I'm really excited to talk with Fierce Phoenix. And ladies and gentlemen, she is definitely fierce. And her momager, Marion Robinson. Now, before we get into this, I'm just going to give you guys a little background on who Fierce is. And before before I even do that, I, I need you guys, the people that are watching and the people that are going to be listening to this on all the streaming platforms, to please go and subscribe to her YouTube channel because it is off the chain. I was on there earlier today looking at some uh, clips and listening to you sing and oh my gosh your voice is absolutely amazing and i'm not just saying that because you're on my show your voice <laughs> is is uh, is so beautiful but let me tell you guys who this amazing young lady is fierce phoenix is a child actress singer voiceover artist comedian dancer model and model who has a mission to inspire the world to live life to the fullest and that is an absolutely phenomenal aspiration to have now, at the age of six, she at the age of six she started modeling. At seven, she booked her first acting audition without any training, landing the role of Lee Munchkin in The Wiz at the Spotlighters Theater in Maryland and receiving rave reviews for her performance. At age nine, Fierce started acting, training, and committed to her actor's journey. In 2020, she played Tay Diggs' sister in Celebrity Ghost Stories, and in 2021, Fierce was cast in five major projects including making her New York Broadway debut as young. Now, how do I pronounce that? There are so many ways that you could say it. Some people say Aileen. Some people say Aileen. I normally say Aileen. <laughs> We're going to go with her way. A young Aileen in the 12 Tony Award nominated musical Tina, the Tina Turner musical. Wow, that must have been interesting. Directed by Felidia Lloyd that starred Tony Award winner Adrian Warren. On October 2nd, 2022, she will be attending the 43rd Young Artist Academy Awards show in Hollywood related to her two nominations for her recurring role in ABC Mouse and guest role in Paw Patrol. Now, Fierce is also a series regular as The Mole on Scully and The Mole Cracked the Case by Peacock Kids. I just love these titles. In <laughs> 2022 alone, she has had eight bookings that include three recurring roles. In April 2022, she performed on stage and miscast 2022 for a live audience as lead finale performer that aired worldwide. This event included stars such as Uzo Aduba, I hope I didn't butcher that name, Audria McDonald, Kelly O'Hara, Aaron, I, I guess, because I guess the T is silent, Andrea Martin, Leah Michelle, and Miles Frost. Her agency is represented by, D well, she is represented by uh, DDO Kids in Los Angeles, New York, and Chicago, and management represented by uh, creative artists. And she is also a Young Artist Academy member, an all-star soccer player, and a straight-A student who enjoys quality time with families, friends, cooking, and humanitarian work. Wow. <laughs> you are busier than a lot of adult actors. Yep. <laughs> wow, 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 wow. So again, welcome to the show. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you so much.
welcome to a conversation with where we sit down with some amazing people in the film, media, and entrepreneurial space. We're going to talk about what makes them successful and hopefully we'll give you something to help you maximize your business, but more importantly, to maximize your life. So sit back and enjoy a conversation with, and I'm your host, Floyd Marshall Jr. And and the thing that I like to ask all of my guests is, how did all of this start? Yeah, so it's actually a pretty long but short story at the same time. That's okay, we have time. Yeah, I've been acting seriously for about three and a half years. As you said, I started modeling first, and that's when I realized that I love to entertain people and perform. So I started doing theater work in the DMV, and then I started doing TV work because that's what I realized that I also really love to do is do TV work and do more than just being on stage. So I got signed by a manager. I got signed by DDO Kids. And now I'm represented by DDO Kids LA, Chicago, and New York, Creative Artist Management. And I have an amazing team. I've been working very hard. I actually just booked another job yesterday, which is super exciting. So yeah, I've just been having an amazing time. And my mom has been helping me a lot, too. Wow, that that is absolutely amazing. So, you you didn't start off wanting. You, what did you really start off wanting to do first before you you decided that acting was that thing for you? Yeah, so it started off with modeling okay. at a recreational center in the DMV, and I did really well at it. It was a lot of fun. It was something that I really enjoyed doing, and as I said, that's what caused me to realize that I really love to entertain and Mm -hmm. I really love to be in front of a crowd. So that's what helped me to realize that acting is what I really want to do. But it started with modeling. Okay, so how did you how did you make that transition? So you're modeling and it's interesting, uh, but we'll we'll, we'll talk about that later (laughs) uh, because I kind of had a similar path when I started out, but I didn't start out at at age six. I started out at age thirty (laughs) five. How did you make the transition from being a model to being an actress I mean, yeah. you, so you initially didn't get getting any any training initially initially no so when i was modeling i uh my mom actually got a like ad on her phone about like casting for disney so i went to the audition i got a call back and turns out it was a scam but mm. everything happens for a reason so that's when i realized that acting is something that i really do want to do so i did my first audition at the spotlighters theater for the lead munchkin in the whiz and i landed that job i booked it with no training so yeah i started getting training from there after i booked that job and yeah i've just been going ever since Okay, so Marion, I'm going to ask you a question regarding the ad. Mm-hmm. So you you get the ad and you say to yourself, well, this looks interesting. So so then you decided to pursue that. So then how did you find out that they weren't legitimate? Now, this is what really happened. <laughs> she really wanted to be a supermodel. And it was like 1030 at night. And I was reading. She was asleep, supposedly. Mm-hmm. And I was reading this ad. Oh, if you want to be a Disney star, we have auditions this weekend. And she jumped out of her sleep like, I want to be a Disney star. I said, finish, go back to bed. 
And she's like, no, no. I said, you only have until like tomorrow to prepare. They said you have to have something prepared. And she actually got out her bed because I was telling her daddy she was getting on my nerves because she was, it was late at night and she I wasn't even talking to her. And so she convinced us that she would figure something out. And that was what, at six? I think, yeah, she was six. And she actually cried. I was said, seven, actually. Seven, okay. She yeah. said she'll figure it out. And so she did on her own. She prepared something she did. Yeah. I don't know what she did there. I actually don't remember. But I took her to downtown Baltimore to some hotel so she could be a Disney star because she said she could do it. And so they said she was phenomenal. But the thing they said was you the, would have to pay $2, the $2, parent would... She would have to pay a $2,000 fee. I would have to fly to LA within, and we all had to make a decision on the spot. And I'm like, look, I got a full-time job. I got kids, you know, stuff like that. And so it wasn't possible. So she really was disappointed because they told her how phenomenal she was. So we sat down, my, my husband and I sat down with her and said, look, if this is something you really want to do, we will get you into it. And mm -hmm. so the I went online. I saw, I think someone actually hand, I, I don't know how I found out about the Spotlighters Theater, the Wiz, but I signed her up, took her to the audition, not thinking anything about it. And she booked it. And to be honest with you, I wasn't expecting her to book right. it. But um, I would give advice. I would encourage parents to start out in theater because it's amazing. Because not only do your kids get access to other kids who are serious about the business, but you get exposure to singing, you get exposure to dancing, you get exposure. It's well-rounded. And so she did book it. And it was a big experience, too, because I didn't realize theater is a huge commitment. Yes. So this was... Thursday, like five shows between Thursday and Sunday. And so she was the only kid at the time because she was the main one. They did bring some other munchkins in towards the end when they were about to start the show. But she was the only kid here and with a lot of adults. And I didn't realize that they change in the same dressing room with no closures. <laughs> so it was a big enlightening for me and a big exposure for her. But she made the newspapers and she got a lot of praise for her performance. And so we realized she sat down with us. She, at seven years old, sat down and said, wow. look, mom and dad, this is what I want to do. Please support me. And so we realized she was serious about it. So that's how that started. Wow. That, that is absolutely amazing. Yeah. Theater is such a commitment because it you is. have so many rehearsals. Unlike film, where you you only come on set when it's your part that you're you're basically going to play, but with theater, uh, especially if you're a, a main character, you have to be there because you not only have to learn your lines, you have to learn everyone else's lines. You have to know where your marks are. That's why I I decided that uh, after I did theater for a little bit, I never did theater, but I produced stage plays. And after doing that uh, a couple of times, I said, I never want to do it again because it's it's just ridiculous. But I, I want to go back to the um, the Disney audition and the, the $1,000 because something similar happened to me. There's things happen for a reason. Like my uh, mentor at my list says, things don't happen to you. They happen for you. Something Something similar happened to me when I first started in this business. I ended up going somewhere and getting comp cards. I'm going to make this really fast because this is about you. I ended up getting comp cards 
And when I got those comp cards, I started going to different agencies and passing them around. And I ended up at John Robert Powers. And uh, the director of John Robert Powers called me later that day and said, hey, we want to take you to New York. And that phone call changed my life. That is exactly why I'm sitting here right now. So now, although the initial people that I dealt with took me for about $900, I look back on that as a blessing because if I hadn't gotten those comp cards for $900, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to someone as phenomenal as you. And, and uh, you probably have that same mindset because although the Disney thing didn't work out, it kind of opened the door for Spotlight Theater. So let's talk about that audition. You you never had any training and now you have to audition. What was that like? It was, I was excited, but at the same time, I was super nervous at the same time because I was concerned because not only did I not have any acting training, but I also didn't have any singing training. And I actually didn't start getting singing training until like, last year i believe january yeah year. so for a long time i was going without singing training but at that time i had no training at all i had to prepare the audition by myself and i didn't really know how auditioning worked so my mom got our cousin we asked her if she could help me so she helped me a lot she helped me prepare a song and then i went to the audition i was super nervous but yeah i got on stage sang the song i did the script that they told us to prepare and i think about a week later they called and said that i booked it so that was super exciting wow you know what's interesting that happens more often than you think mm. because of the fact that you were such a blank slate so sometimes going in knowing absolutely nothing they can pour into you and give you direction and you don't have a preconceived notion of how a part should be played. That's true. You're yeah. just basically saying, mm -hmm. oh, that's how you want me to do it. Then that's the way I'll do it. But that's great. So mm -hmm. after after the whiz, what, what, what was what was your next project? What was your next performance after that? After you got the bug? Because by yeah. now you have the bug. <laughs> So after I did The Wiz, that's when I started like going all into theater. So I started doing more theater at Center Stage, which is about right across the street from Spotlighters Theater. I did Hamilton. I performed Hamilton there. I did West Side Story there. And I did summer camps there. And I had so much fun. I played like Hamilton. I did the ad-libs ad for Hamilton himself and I played Maria in West Side Story. So that was a lot of fun. Can I give you the background story on that please, one? Please, please, please. <laughs> yeah. So it was like a spring thing, spring break camp they had at the uh, center stage, Baltimore mm -hmm. Center Stage. And I put her in that. And um they had two lead parts for um was it Anita or Maria? What was it? For West Side Story, oh, the main Story. for the main character girl, and then they had Hamilton, which is typically a boy role. Oh, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> she was going around the house rapping to my shot, and I'm like, Phoenix, focus on the girl role. You're not gonna get, and you know Hamilton's normally a Caucasian too, mm -hmm. and so I'm like, why don't you focus on you know the West Side Story that has a girl? 
And don't you know this girl, they had auditions. She came back and got both lead roles. And I learned a lesson myself that you never doubt your child. And if they have the drive and you you work hard, you can get whatever you want. Because this mm -hmm. girl was Hamilton. She's a black girl playing Hamilton at wow. center stage. So that's the story on that one. Yeah. <laughs> so, so basically... <laughs> Oftentimes, casting directors don't know what they're looking for until it's right in front of them. So sometimes, and, and they may not have even considered casting a female, but you went in, you booked a room as opposed to booking a part, you booked a room. And oftentimes, and, and Marion, we talk about this all the time on Clubhouse, booking the room. Because when you book the room, they remember you mm -hmm. and the fact that you got both. So, so you get both roles. What made you choose Hamilton as opposed to Maria? So basically I, when I got the audition specifically for both of them, I, they gave us like the songs that we we'll, we would be auditioning for, for both mm -hmm. of the roles. And I was like, okay, so I'll just learn both of them. But for some reason, I was kind of leaning towards the Hamilton role, mainly because I feel like rapping was something that I really was interested in. Mm -hmm. So I learned the song and yeah, I don't know why, but Hamilton was just like coming towards me, even though okay. I knew that there would be some challenges in getting the part because I was female and because I am African-American. I know it would be harder, but I was willing to put in the hard work. So the next day when we went into camp, I think it was actually two days later when we came back to camp with the materials ready, they were asking if there were any people who wanted to show them what they worked on like before the auditions. And I was the only person that was willing to show. And they said that I did an amazing job and everyone was super impressed. So I feel like that also helped me a lot with the auditioning process by having the courage to step up and perform, even though I wasn't, I, I would say I wasn't fully ready because we still had some time until audition. it was audition time. Where do you get this work ethic? My parents, my parents, they work so hard. I mean, especially my mom, she's working with me full time. Plus she has a full time job. So yeah, I definitely get it from my parents because they're very, very hard workers and I see it every single day. Wow. So let's talk about that, Marion, because again, when we're talking on Clubhouse, you know, you're very open with a lot of what you're doing as a momager and the sacrifices that you have to make. So if you were talking to a parent whose child decided that this is what they wanted to do, what would be some of the advice that you would give a parent with a family and a full-time job? So the advice that I would give is first, your child has to really want to do it and they have to love what they do. And I do, especially as they get older, I talk to a lot of parents who the child kind of gets disinterested or they have to like force their kid to go read their lines, force their kid to do that or something like that. And Fierce is the complete opposite. I say uh, I used to actually get on her for that. Well, 
first of all, she, she has a talent of memorization mm -hmm. and she's actually won award for that. So mm -hmm. she can get like a 12 page script and they'll say they want it in two days and uh, it's a lot of lines. But mm -hmm. Fierce has this thing where she can read it. And so we go over it. And when she sleeps on it, she can memorize every single word. So it mm -hmm. only takes her a sleep to retain the memory. And actually not that either, because even when she was in acting classes, they have cold reads that you need to know. And they would give you a script, give you 15, 20 minutes to learn it. And you have to come back and show them what you've done. And that's how she won a memorization award um, because she was able to go out in the hallway for like 15, 20 minutes and come back. And she knew most of the words. So she has a phenomenal, I mean, in the beginning, I was like over like, how does this happen? So her memory is very good, very, very good. So with her, um, a typical kid probably would look at a 12-page script. You got two days and they would get discouraged. But with her, she, she may say, wow, this is long. I'm like, Phoenix, I know you. You're going to go to sleep. You're going to wake up and you'll know it. But other kids may actually find it more challenging to do that. So in that, in that case, when you're talking about being a lead on a show, that's a very good quality to have that you can have a lot of lines that you can memorize in a short period of time that would help you be able to be known to be able to lead a show. And so that was one of the biggest qualities. I, I realized she, she really loved it and she was always ahead of the game. And so I'll say, Phoenix, did you read your script? Yes, I read it. And I mean, she would just, to me, glance at it. And I'm mm -hmm. like, look, it's a long script. You really should. And then, so I'll go over it with her. And this girl knew all her words. And mm -hmm. so I really don't stand over top of her a lot on, on what she does because she's self-determined, self-disciplined. And so that's what I, I kind of describe her as a different kind of kid than majority of kids because mm -hmm. she is so self-determined and self and, and self-discipline. Hmm. So Thank you. the auditioning process, what's that like for you? How do you prepare for that? Me? Yes, you. Okay. You're an actress. <laughs> <laughs> auditioning can be very difficult at times, especially when you're getting several auditions a week. I mean, I just got home from vacation on Monday morning, and two hours later, I got an audition. I've gotten four auditions this week already. In like three days. Yeah. So auditioning can be super hard, especially when you're getting very long scripts, because sometimes you can get two page scripts to, as you said, like 12 page scripts, and you don't have a lot of time to memorize them. And even with voiceovers, you have to, most of the time, majority of the time, they're due the next morning. So you have to do it the night that you get them. So yeah, auditioning can be super hard at times basically all the time, but you just have to have the determination and know that you can do it and lift yourself up and tell yourself that you can do it instead of doubting yourself. So yeah, auditioning can be pretty difficult, but 
basically every time I get an audition, if it's a long script, as my mom said, I go over the script on my own. And then when I'm about to go to bed, my mom and I, we meet up and go over the script. She's my reader. So we go over it together. I go to sleep. I wake up. Most of the time I have all of the lines memorized. Mm -hmm. And I always like to get my auditions in at least like one to do one to two days ahead. So even if it's like a 12 page script and it's due like three days later, I'll get it, I'll get it done like one and a half days later or something like that because I'm pretty good at memorizing. And if I can get it in earlier, I will. So that can also be pretty challenging getting your audition in ahead of time and maintaining all of the other things that I have to do besides acting. Oh, okay. So let's talk about training. Because that is that is an extremely important part of the craft. So, how often do you do you train? Basically, on every audition, I most of my auditions I get training by Shara Dade, who is from I Coach Stars. She is amazing, and I also get vocal training pretty often. Recently, mm. I've been doing every two weeks with Bobby. Cronin with the prep and he has been very helpful. Also, when I first started acting, I was getting um, tons of training before I even like actually like got in to the actual business when I started doing TV. So when I started getting serious with acting, I started training first instead of just jumping into it without knowing what I'm doing. So I started off getting tons of training, like every week, every weekend getting training. Now I don't get as much training like group classes, but I do get personal classes at okay. least twice a week with Miss Shara Dade. Okay. So do you guys, well, I'm seeing study you got, I guess you guys go, go through all of that. Yeah. So to talk on the training, that's very key for those that are looking into getting into the business. So when she first started out, I saw a lot. Of, I went to, we were in like a DC area. We went to two talented young folks and um, Mark McKinnon. We went to those training co coaches in the class. So she did group classes most of the time. And what I found was a lot of parents get into this business and they jump into wanting representation and they don't know really what they're getting into. So I sat back and I said, hey, let's do one year of nothing but training just to learn. And so I structure her training every time she comes to me on her vision on what she wants to do. She started out, she wanted to be a Disney star on her own show. Mm -hmm. So in that you want to do, she started out with like script analysis. She started with improvisation. She's done some Disney and Nickelodeon training in New York with um the NTNY. Oh, yeah. <laughs> was like, um, yeah, so she did some training with that. Um, you know, you want to do stuff geared towards where you want to go. Mm -hmm. So I I had her in training at least once a week. So she normally did group classes that met once a week. That's how it started. So for the first year, that's nothing. That's everything she did. And then I started going on casting sites and submitting her on my own. Mm -hmm with the intent that she would get signed. And so let me say, I had a five-year plan. <laughs> we had a five-year plan. Five plan. I It's always revolved around what she, her vision, what she wants to do. So the first year was going to be training. The second and third year, 
no, the second year, I was like going to submit her on my own, get a feel for the industry. She did a lot of background work that, that for that second year. So she did. She was on the background of Harriet. She did some background of Will Smith had a movie. She did background. So she did quite a bit of background work. And then we said, we'll get her into New York. We'll shift from the DMV, which is the Maryland, D.C., Virginia area to New York. And then from there, she would be in L.A. by her fourth or fifth year. So the way it worked, she was the praise and worship leader at the church. And it happened to be there was um, a new pastor that came in to go over the youth ministry. She loved Phoenix. She was happened to be on Valentine's Day. She was doing a Valentine's Day monologue that she had created herself and performed for the children's church ministry, talking about how God is love, everlasting love and stuff like that. This lady came to me her first day in church and was like, this girl has to get in acting. And, I, and we're like, she is. That's what she's pursuing. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so later on, not too long after that, she was telling me about um, a friend she knew that had an agency in L.A. And she, I said, oh, that's so cool. Phoenix got a plan. She wants to go to L.A. Could you give her? So she didn't have we did have a made for you reel at that time that we did create and she what else did you she didn't have headshots did you oh no you did have have she did have some headshots and so we sent that over and on the spot she got signed by creative artists based on those materials so that's who she's with in la so instead of going to new york first and then la she was represented in la and then she her coach her acting coach saw the potential in her and she got a referral for voiceover with ddo and it was only supposed to be voiceover but the theoretical and print and commercial agent was in that meeting and by the end of the meeting they had signed her across the board they loved her so much and so So the same year she had represent her, what's that, a year and a half, I think it was. Yeah, Yeah, she had representation in L.A. and New York with a manager and agent. And so to tell we were talking on training to put it in perspective. That first year of training, we paid ten thousand dollars for training. And that's how important we feel. And someone might say that's a lot, but she's now been on Broadway. So our return has really paid off in training. I I find that it really does. Even with, in the beginning with training, we were just, I found that she was, we started becoming advanced than the kids. So Mm -hmm. you want your child to love and be interested in what they're doing. And she was so self-determined and stuff that a lot of times she was so advanced in the other kids that I found that she wasn't liking it. Or it was not challenging. That's what she would use. Mom, the class is not challenging for me. So I switched her to one-on-ones. And so she really liked So we would get scripts, old scripts from coaches, and she would do one-on-ones. And so, and now, and and in the beginning, I was coaching on her on on like non-major type network stuff. But now that she's signed with an agent and manager, she everything she does is like a major type network or something. So she is like 97% of the time she does get coaching on all of her auditions. Yeah. So now that's pretty much the training she does. Um, she has done a few group classes just to get a, get back into interacting with other kids but because she auditions about two to seven times a week 
and then she plays soccer and then she has school and then she she's in a lot of other activities there's not really much time now for you know training outside of the auditions but mm -hmm. if there's ever a standstill so the rules, I, well, not the rules, but the practice, the ethics that we work ethics that we have is that she does at least 15 to 30 minutes a day of something related to acting every day. Mm -hmm. Now, you may say, oh, every day, but that could be something for her that's fun. So right. for them, she loves singing in the shower and I'm not saying her siblings love it, but she sings a lot in the shower, which is training, you're helping yourself, mm -hmm. your vocals get better. And then, like I said, now she has so many auditions that she's always either preparing for an audition or she's doing an audition. So it's something that actually comes every day without you even realizing it. So 30 minutes of day working on your craft. And if she's not doing it, I will allow her a day off, but it falls on me as the momager. Right. I'm updating her resume. I'm updating her casting sites. I'm sending emails to her reps, giving them an update. I do do that frequently. So if it's not something she's doing for the 30 minutes a day, it's something that I'm doing on her behalf to help her career go along. So from our from my perspective, I feel like she's been quite successful in a short amount of time mm -hmm. because of the daily work that we put into it. Well, you know what? And it's interesting. And I hope that when people listen to this, they really listen to what was just said, because it all boils down to the discipline. That's why they call this a discipline. And the most successful people are not motivated. They're disciplined because there are, I'm sure Phoenix, because you're doing quite a bit. And at the, you know, the young age of 13, you want to be out with your friends and, and doing things, but this is something that you've committed to. So you have a discipline to this, which is admirable because there are people two and three times your age that do not have the discipline the, the way you have it. I'm, I'm extremely impressed by that. But thank you. The fact that you do this day in, day out, and the 30 minutes a day, that's that's a that's a success tool because a lot of extremely successful people say you need to develop certain habits. There's a book behind me, and it's basically about habits, mm -hmm. you know, and, and the, the habits of highly successful people. Jonathan Maxwell, he talks about the the, the, the habits of highly successful people and they all have one one thing that runs throughout it all that they're disciplined in, in anything that they're doing which is amazing but i wanted to ask the both of you about relationships because kind of what you just described uh marion is the building of a relationship with the young lady at church and then she then calls someone who then calls someone who then calls someone. So how important is it for you as a mom to build phenomenal relationships? And then you, Phoenix, as a young actress, how important is it for you to build relationships with your young counterparts that you spend a lot of time with? Mm -hmm. So to answer your question, 
relationships is high on my list too, as far as training. So I think I'm more excited about relationships than her or her dad, because <laughs> I will like start jumping and screaming when I realize that I've really formed a relationship with someone. <laughs> Because it's it, it takes time to get that relationship. And so when you, I, for her top nine, I think it was last year, I put Clubhouse as one of the biggest factors in gaining a lot of relationships. Mm -hmm. So during the pandemic, it was Instagram was a big one. And then Clubhouse, because we were able to get access to like casting directors and movie, you know, a lot of top people in the business that had time on their hands and they were willing to sacrifice and volunteer their time and give information that would have cost hundreds of dollars. And so, look, you see me getting all excited now. Just talking about so I was even talking about we're getting free information on this app that is really helping push her career. And so, so even like now with you, your clubhouse and there's other ones that are in there that we were um, able to build such a big relationship that last summer, I, we just took a trip to LA mm. just to meet the people that we met during the pandemic through clubhouse and on Instagram we had met so many people mm -hmm. that so one would be the industry kids. So the Hollywood industry kids that was mainly on Instagram. And then she was in a Kaylee's Queens group. That was a lot of actually had kids, girls from all over the world. And she ended up being on the leadership committee to inspire girls, give them self-confidence and stuff like that. And so a lot of the kids were drawn to her. So we met up, Hundreds of those kids in LA when we went, they had a huge convention last last summer that we went to that we met a lot of those kids. And then so even casting directors and then Josie Stacker had a, yes. a talent competition on Clubhouse and Fierce went in there. She didn't win the first time. Mm -hmm. And that's that's a part of the business. Yes. And what Fear said she wanted to. She asked Josie Stacker, could I please come back for your next one? And she said, sure. And she was so determined that she was going to win that competition. So April of last year, she won. And we wow. gained a lot of relationships just out of her winning that competition, too. She gained a lot of top like people in the industry because a lot of those people that witnessed her talent started talking about her, mm -hmm. which spread, you know, um, her talent further. And so now, um, yeah, so relationships is very important. And so I get really, there was like one casting director in LA that has a whole <laughs> lot of followers. And they tell you when you're in this business, you want to target those people that fit where you want to go. Yes. And so she was a kid's commercial casting director, big in the business. And I saw that she only had, she was only following like 300 people and she followed fierce and she's still following fierce. Wow. And I just screamed and hollered. And even I sent her reps an email, this casting director who they know 
is following fears. And then like a year later, she's still following fears. So I sent an email to her reps. This, this casting director is still following fears. So Ashley, so for her reps, I actually give them frequent updates and, um, what do I call it? I'm not sure. I forgot what I call it. On, on this subject line, I give them updates regularly mm -hmm. on her, say like once a month. And even like something like this, I gave them an email. She'll be on this show. So that's another thing that your reps really admire is that when you take things upon yourself to push yourself and not wait on them and expect them to push you and get you to where you want to go. So that's, uh, I give them up frequent updates on what she's doing, what training she's doing, what shows she's doing and different. And even, like I said, what relationships I've formed. I do that too. Hey everybody, it's Floyd Marshall, host of A Conversation With. Have you ever listened to a podcast and said to yourself, I'd like to ask him a question? Well, you can. Just message me with a question or a comment, and I'll make sure to respond to it in the very next episode. To your success. Visit anchor.com to send Floyd a question. So Phoenix, the, the same question goes to you because I'm, I'm just making sure my my uh, computer is plugged in because if it would have cut off, the, it would have ended the uh, this amazing interview. But <laughs> to you, Phoenix, I have a couple of questions. But the first one is dealing with relationships with your other cast members because you're you're so talented, and I know that you work with a lot of talented young people, and you strike me as an alpha female. And I'm sure that when you're on set that you may also run into other alphas. So how do you navigate that? How do you guys do that to where everyone is, you know, working together and everything is, is flowing smoothly? Yeah, so throughout the projects that I've worked on, I've made so many connections, but the ones that stick out to me the most is while I was on Tina, the Tina Turner musical on Broadway, mm -hmm. and I made so many friends, so many family members, I call them my family, and it was just so much fun. There are so many talented, amazing performers that were that are and were in the show. Mm -hmm. And it was just such an amazing experience. The kids that were in Tina, they're literally my best friends. Oh, I still cool. talk to them basically every day. I FaceTime them and we, ha we have an amazing relationship with each other. Even my mom, she had a great relationship with the parents. So just building connections and mm -hmm. being able to work with and ha have a relationship with all of the cast members on a personal level that mm -hmm. helps a lot with the performance because Sky, Dakota Turner, we played sisters in the show. And because we were best friends and our best friends in real life, it just made being on stage so much fun. And we had so much fun together. The rest of the cast, we also talk all the time. We communicate on Instagram. I just saw them like 
two, three weeks ago in New York. And yeah, we built a lot of connections in Tina specifically, and we still talk to this day. Okay. Okay. So one thing that's been running through my mind, because as I said, I, I've uh, produced stage plays and sometimes you can study your lines until you know them backwards. You can recite them in your sleep. But sometimes when you get on stage, you may forget your lines. So with you being on Broadway or in any theater setting that you've been in, have you ever run into a situation where you actually forgot a line or the person that you were playing across from lost the line? And if so, how did you how did you handle that? To be honest, that has never happened to me. And oh, I've that's, never that's awesome. I've never like witnessed it firsthand on mm -hmm. stage, but I have witnessed it, I guess, just like not right in front of me. Mm -hmm. So I know while I was on Tina specifically again, that has happened a few times. And I've realized and noticed that all of the performers in Tina, they know how to handle themselves so well. If they drop a line, they know how to improv. If they mess up a song, if they might crack a little bit, they know how to keep going to recover from it and to make the audience remember the good parts of their performance and not their little mess ups because not every performance is going to be your best. So that's something that I really admire from the Tina cast and something that I've taken away from them is to keep going even when you might mess up. And that has also helped me to learn how to improv better and to make up from different situations. And, and you know what? That's phenomenal because here's the thing that I would tell my actors. They don't know the script, but you do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if you stop, that's the problem. But if you keep going, because there may have been a line change. So someone may have seen the, the play. They may have seen Phoenix and Hamilton Thursday. And they liked it so much. They said, well, you know what? We're going to go see Phoenix and Hamilton on Friday. And the line may have changed because that's what producers do. Hey, you know what? I'm going to change. I'm going to change the line. But that's that's awesome. So let's talk about Broadway. Mm -hmm. How? This is only supposed to be an hour, ladies and gentlemen, but this might go a little bit over because I have so many questions. So just hang out. And for everyone that's here, if you have a question, please put it in the comments and I will make sure to ask Marion or Phoenix, the uh, stars of the hour. But let's talk about Broadway. So how did you end up on Broadway? Okay, so Broadway was such an amazing experience, as I said. So basically, I started, that was when I first started getting singing lessons with the prep. So I started getting singing lessons every week or every two weeks. Let's start out with how did you start? What, 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 what yeah. prompted you to get singing lessons? Yeah, so basically... I realized that Broadway was something that I did want to do. So my mom told my reps that and they started to look into Broadway jobs for me. And then that's when I started getting well, singing Actually, lessons. what happened was her manager <laughs> sent her in for the Lion King for Broadway. Oh, okay, I'll say it. Okay. I'll say, I'll say it. <laughs> so um, I got the audition for the Lion King on Broadway. And at that time, I had no singing experience at all. And my acting coach, Shara Dade, who is also a very good singing coach in addition, she helped me with that audition. And I got a call back for that. 
I got two callbacks. I made it to the top 12. And yeah, I did not get that role, but that's when I realized that I want to do Broadway. So my mom told my reps and that's when they started submitting me for more Broadway jobs. I started getting coaching with the prep and I think like five months later, that's when I booked Tina. So I auditioned for it. I had to prepare three songs and the script. I think I had like four days to prepare it. And I had coaching with Bobby from the prep and I got a callback for it. They said I had a callback. They had to send it to the producers in London. And then about two weeks later, while I was getting my hair done to go to LA, my mom got a call from my rep saying that I booked it. So that was super exciting. We got ready to perform and it was a very long process. It was a six month process, but it was so much fun. And I had the option to renew my contract again, but because there were so many more things coming my way, including the eight projects that I've, nine projects now that I've booked this year so far. Yeah, so I've been doing a lot since I did leave Broadway, but Broadway was such an amazing experience and I definitely will remember it forever. So let me speak to the parents for how preparation meets opportunity. Um, So like she said, she was, she made it to the top 12 and she was absolutely disappointed. And her, her uh, coach was like, look, I've had kids for years that wanted to make it on Broadway and they haven't made it that far. Mm-hmm. And and so for her to do that was such an accomplishment. And she was determined that she wanted to be on Broadway since then, like really assertive that I said, look, I will put you in two weeks, two times a week of vocal lessons. I did my research and the prep had, a, so you do your research and the prep had a lot of Broadway kids. So I actually sent them an email and that's what I do. I'm in the process of writing a book and I save a lot of my emails because I do, when you write it on paper, mm-hmm. when it comes to life, you have evidence of what you envision. And so I sent the prep something. Um, She was on Broadway. She wants to be a Broadway star. I'm going to put her in vocal lessons twice a week, which was quite expensive. Like I told you, her training was very expensive that year. And within six months, she booked Broadway. And so that just goes to show the preparation with that. So I would encourage people in the process of to write down your visions and to speak life into what you want. That is so important. That is so important. I always say the universe is a receiver. So what you put out, it hears it and it sends it back. So if you're putting certain things out, the universe is going to hear it and say, okay. So if if your thing is, well, I'm not good enough to do fill in the blank, the universe is going to be like, okay. Mm -hmm. But if you put it out there, I'm built for this. I can do that. The universe is going to be like, I agree. So Phoenix, I want to ask you a question. (laughs) What do you think about failure? Okay. So that's, that's a very hard question. So being in this industry, especially because I would say I'm pretty young and yeah, there's going to be a lot of no's. So when 
you are auditioning constantly. I was auditioning like eight times a week last year and it was very stressful. It was a lot, but at the same time, I knew that I could do it. So even though you're not going to book every job that you audition for. And I knew that. And even though you're going to get a lot of no's, you're going to get a lot of people that don't necessarily, that you're probably, you're not going to be fit for each role because you might not have the certain hair color, eye color, height. There's a lot of factors that go into it. So I wouldn't say that it's necessarily failure because everything that Everything happens for a reason, as I said earlier. So when there are things that don't necessarily go the way that you hoped or that you planned for, you just have to keep going, stay determined. And I feel like that's what helped me to be, I would say, successful in this industry so far. Also, my parents, when I do get down, I guess, sometimes when I don't land a job that I was really, really hoping for. My parents helped me a lot to realize that this happened for a reason. God didn't give you this opportunity for a reason because God knows which opportunities you're supposed to get and which ones are fit for you, which ones are going to help your career go to the next level. So every time I do have a failure or something doesn't go my way, I know that something good will come out in the end. Okay. So, and and I asked you that for a reason, because when you were talking about the, uh, when you did the contest with Josie and then with the, um, the Broadway audition and you did not book that part, sometimes people will say, well, I'm done. That's it. But what you did was you said, okay, I'm not going to do that. And, and I'm just going to make an assumption that you took from it what went well, you discarded what did not, went back, practiced some more, refined it and honed it, and then went back that much better. Mm-hmm. And so the reason I asked you, what do you think of failure is when you do what you did, it's not failure. It's learning. Mm-hmm. It's only failure if you don't do anything with it. And 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 that was one of the reasons that I asked you that particular question. Amazing answer. You're going to, it's such a privilege speaking with you. It really is because again, I I talk to a lot of people that have been in this business for a very long time and they don't have the tenacity and the work ethic that you do at the age of 13. So you should be really applauded for that. And Marion, the fact that, you know, again, we talk a lot on clubhouse and you're in the trenches. So the fact that, you know, you and your husband, the entire family are, are doing so many things to make sure, sure that her star just shines as brightly as possible is, is just amazing. But someone asked a question. Andy Dabo is from Ghana. And he said, I want to ask Phoenix, how does she combine this and her academics? Good question, because I was going to get to that. <laughs> and two, where do you see yourself in 10 years? Oh, those are both good questions. So I'll, which one should I start with? Academics, because I okay. understand you're homeschooled. Yes, I am homeschooled. I just started homeschooling when I did Lantina because it honestly wouldn't have been possible to go to school, do eight shows a week, plus still auditioning at the same time. So even now that I'm off of Broadway and it's summertime now, but school starts in a week and I have two jobs that I have to work on next week on the first week of school. So yeah, it can be very challenging to have to balance 
school plus auditioning plus jobs that you're working on so you just have to learn how to balance it and know that you can't give up so even though i have a lot of auditions it's very helpful with being homeschooled that i can choose what times and base what times i do my schoolwork based off of what time i do my auditions so say i get an audition and i have to have it done the next morning i can move my schoolwork around with being homeschooled so that's very helpful and as far as the other question what do you see yourself in 10 years oh that's a big big one (laughs) that's a big question uh i hope i'm i know i'm gonna keep acting i'm not gonna give up on that even if i'm not booking like crazy i'm still gonna keep going because i know that something big is going to happen i know that it is so i'm not gonna give up before it happens because i know it's gonna happen and also i see myself doing a lot more tv and film because broadway was an amazing experience but now i want to keep building up to more tv and movies and amazing stuff like that so hopefully that happens So, yeah. Yeah. So, like I said, I'm a big advocate on writing down your plan. And so with that five-year plan, we're almost achieved. We almost achieved everything except, oh, you know what? We were going to, her working in LA and I actually had it wrote down in an email sent to her reps Mm. that she would be nominated this year for some type of award. Mm. Now, you don't control that because you can't control you getting work that allows you to get an award. So for her to get nominated, I screenshot that email that I sent them a while ago saying that she will be nominated. And then another thing that I wrote down was by the end of next year she will win some type of award and she and by the end of next year she'll be working like on a project in LA but because she's so far ahead of our five-year plan her reps are aware that she wants to work on a project in LA by the end of this year wow so that five-year plan should be done by the end of this year and fingers crossed that she wins a young artist award in October, our five-year plan will be done. Also, I, as I said, like in the very beginning, I just got signed to DDO LA and Chicago. I was just signed with Creative Artists in DDO New York at first. So I had a meeting with DDO LA and DDO Chicago, and we discussed our plan and everything, all my goals and aspirations and all that cool stuff. And yeah, we discussed with them that TV and movies is something that I really want to work towards, something that I really want to achieve. So that's what we're really focusing on at the moment. I've been Mm -hmm. doing a lot of voiceovers too, which is something that I also really love to do. But TV and movies, that's the next on my list that me, my mom, my team, we're all working towards, which is amazing to have an amazing team that you know, pushes you forward, which is so amazing. So Scully and the mole cracked the case. Well, you know what? Before that, before that, you get nominated. Mm-hmm. Who got the phone call saying that you so, were nominated? Basically, it was an email. Uh-huh. That they <laughs> so they didn't, they didn't do the email to the hairdresser? Because I understand that every time you guys book, every time you book, it's that you're getting your hair, somebody's getting their hair done. I guess so. <laughs> Maybe I should get my hair done more often. 
<laughs> but yeah, so it was an email that came in and it was like, congratulations, you are nominated for a Young Artist Academy Award. My mom, she was super excited. I was super excited. I'm also super excited about picking out a dress. I've been really trying to find a dress. It's been like, Somebody help her. She needs a red carpet dress. <laughs> I can't find you know her Um. <laughs> wow. So you know what? KL, hit up KL Jones. KL Jones. You don't know. You know KL. We probably do. Maria, we'll probably... you know KL. I do. Okay. I'm yeah. Here. Yeah. You. You know. You know what? Do I have to pull up a picture to show you? From Clubhouse? Yes. You oh, know. my mom would probably know. <laughs> yeah, I'm not allowed on Clubhouse because I'm a kid, but I listen in every so often. So that's know, why sweetie. my mom loves Clubhouse because now see, I'm going to show you her picture. Where is she? Excuse us, ladies and gentlemen, but I have to show them a picture of uh, <laughs> okay. KL Jones. She's in here somewhere, but you you know exactly who she is. Okay. So she does dresses and stuff. Well, she she doesn't do dresses, but she she dresses phenomenally. Oh, cool. Oh, okay. Let me see. Can you can you see that? Oh yeah, I can see. Do you know her? No, I'll look. You it know up. her, Marion. I, I probably do. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Back to the show, yeah, ladies and gentlemen. But she she is amazing. <laughs> she is absolutely amazing, and I'm sure that she could actually put you in touch with someone. That will that will have you looking absolutely amazing because, and I'm going to tie this all in together. You said you you flew out to L.A. to meet your clubhouse friends that you had never met. I just came back from Los Angeles uh, a couple of weeks ago for the Michelle Film Festival, and I flew out there for that very reason to meet all of the people that I had met on Clubhouse. So, ladies and gentlemen. I cannot stress enough the power of relationships. They will take you so many places. But here's the thing. When you do the relationship thing, it shouldn't be transactional. Mm -hmm. it, because when it's transactional, people can sniff that out. And they know that you're only, you know, looking to, you know, cultivate a friendship because there's something that you want from them. But when you go into it as a, someone of service, it, it, it just works out so much better. So Scully and the mole crack case, and I know I'm about to let you go because it's a weeknight. It's a school night, oh, and I can't okay. I can't have you. I can, it's, it's it's you know seven o'clock Eastern Eastern uh, Standard Time, but I can't have you on here all night. <laughs> Scully and the mole crack the case because I I was on your YouTube channel and you've done some some pretty good stuff. I was like, okay, she got some she got some chops. I see you. <laughs> so what's it like working on that show? Okay, so Scully and the Mole cracked the case was such an amazing experience, just like every experience that I've experienced. They're all amazing. Being on Scully and the Mole cracked the case was really like my first time, like actually being in front of a camera. Mm -hmm. And to be the mole and to be a lead was so amazing. It was so much fun being able to work with Matt, being able to work with all of the directors, producers. It was just so amazing. The thing about uh, 
TV and all that jazz is that there are lines that you have to memorize, but there you get to have so many different takes and they do like two lines at a time. So that's something that's so amazing about TV rather than being on Broadway is on Broadway, you get one shot TV, you get to do it over and over again, which was also super amazing. And there were so many things that I realized while being able to do Scully and the Mole Crack the Case that I didn't know before. So yeah, I got to learn a lot about the business, a lot about a lot about how recording works and filming works. And yeah, it was an amazing experience. And I had so much fun. I love the outcome. Like when we watch the finished product we were like oh my gosh how did the takes that we recorded turn into that so editing. Yeah, it's just so amazing <laughs> to see yeah how editing works and all that cool stuff yeah so next to last question mm -hmm. television and theater did you you're you're very talented but did you find yourself having to kind of bring it down because with theater you you have to talk to the back of the uh the theater you have to talk to to the people up in the stands whereas with television the camera's right here so mm -hmm. the movement is different because if you're moving around in front of a television camera like you do on stage it kind of looks like something's wrong so did you did you have to well well let me put it this way did someone different train you for television as opposed to theater? Did you okay. have a different coach? Yeah, so for theater, my main coach was Bobby Cronin from the prep because he coached me on singing. Mm -hmm. But Miss Sharadade, she helped me with the acting part of okay. it. So they kind of both helped me with theater, but Sharadade was the main person who helped me with Scully and the Mole Crack the Case. And as you said, yeah, it's totally different. And I was working on both of them at the same time, actually. So it was kind of hard to be able to get right out of the show, get to the train and get to the spot and then just have to switch into TV mode. So, yeah, it's definitely way different because when you're on stage, you have to perform very big. As you said, on TV, you have to be a little bit more muted. But TV was actually what I started training on first before I started training on like Broadway because I did more theater projects before I started TV, but I never got training on it. So with training, I was mainly like focused on TV before I booked Broadway. So, yeah. Basically, I was like, it wasn't that hard for me to switch from both of them because I was had training on both of them. So, yeah. Well, this has been absolutely amazing. So, <laughs> so what's what's next? What's next? I don't know, which is also very cool about acting is because it's so unpredictable and you don't mm -hmm. know what's coming next. <laughs> so even yesterday when I found out the news that I booked another job, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be working two jobs on my first week of school, which is so amazing. But as I said, yeah, you never know what's coming next. And that's what's so exciting about being an actress. So I love what I do and I'm so excited for what's to come next because I know that God has some amazing things in store for me and I just have to wait because God knows what time, what, and everything that's planned for me and I'm excited for it. Wow. So what would you tell someone that's young and they want to get into this business? What advice would you give them? 
I would tell them that make sure, as my mom said, make sure that you really love what you do. Make sure that you have the determination and the drive because if it's not something that you want to do and you don't have the determination and drive for it, then it's not going to happen. And you have to make sure that it's something that you love to do, that it's fun for you. Because if it's not fun, then there's honestly no point. Because if you want to do it in the long run, you have to have love for it. You have to have fun while doing it. And make sure that you're able to also have fun at the same time. Because while you're acting and you're doing that full time, you also have to make sure that you have your childhood life at the same time. So my parents helped me a lot with that. They allow my friends to come over a lot of the time. I actually had an audition a few weeks ago where I had to do a skating clip. So my mom invited my friends to the skating rink so we could have a fun time. So yeah, you just have to make sure that you have fun, you love what you do, and you're still maintaining your childhood life and not losing your childhood while you're doing it. Wise words from <laughs> a very wise young lady who it has been such a pleasure finally, finally meeting. We've met on Clubhouse, but this is this has been absolutely amazing. It has been an absolute honor and a privilege to sit and talk with the both of you. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I really hope that you've uh, internalized a lot of what was said today because it really could help you, especially if you have uh, a young adult that really wants to break into this business. And I hope that what Phoenix and Marion share can kind of smooth that road for you a little bit. And uh, yeah, so this has Thank been you. a Thank conversation you so with- Appreciate this opportunity. Thank you. And if you guys like the show, please share it on all the social media platforms. Make sure you subscribe, all the other good stuff. and. Before you even do that, make sure that you go and subscribe to Fierce Phoenix YouTube channel because she has some funny videos on there about somebody doing nails and her, her singing and, and rapping with the with the beard and all that other good stuff that uh, you know arguing with her little brother. I'm sorry, please. Thank you so much, because this is going to give me inspiration to start posting more. I need to. It's been something that I Thank really- Thank you, Floyd, for bringing this I up. Promise, I promise. <laughs> I've if, been getting order. <laughs> if you guys go subscribe, I'm going to start posting all the time. I promise. Listen. Oh, so, oh, 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 see, now. <laughs> you shouldn't have said that, because <laughs> I'm a post-content everyday type of guy. I want to be, but I'm just so busy. But I promise I will. I will. 60 seconds because I, I've seen your shorts and they are absolutely phenomenal and you get some really great interactions on your content. So even if you just do the 160, because a lot of times I don't feel like, and here's something, here's something that you can also do. And this could also be a part of that 30 minutes uh, a day thing that you do pre-record in your phone, three, four, five, and then just put put them out on different days because that's what I do. Because right now, what I'm doing is repurposing content that I have in my phone. I shared it on one platform, but now that I'm on TikTok, a lot of the uh, content that I have, I've just repurposed it. Mm -hmm. So if you have stuff that's already in your phone that you haven't shared yet, girl, repurpose that stuff. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I did. And plus, the algorithms changed in YouTube. Oh. You used to get 
a lot of views on our videos, mm -hmm. but I was posting and they don't get as many as they used it's to. The algorithms. They don't post as much also. Oh, but so I definitely want to start like posting videos of like what it's like to be a child actor and what I do in a day mm -hmm. and stuff like that. The audition process. process. So I definitely want to help young actors. So that's something that yeah, that's I really something we doing. talked about was her doing lives like once a week or mm -hmm. something to help inspire other people yeah. in the business. So we have put that on our list of stuff we want that yeah. she wants to do. Though. Thank you for the reminder. I'm definitely going <laughs> to start. And you know what? That will also see, here's the thing. When you have a gift, you share it mm -hmm. and you're not only helping young actors, you're helping actors mm -hmm. because this life is brutal. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's beautiful that you have such an amazing family that is really in your corner but a lot of times people don't have that. So if they see you saying, hey, you know what? I know what you're going through. I'm there, but just keep moving. It'll be okay. Anyone can look at that and, and be inspired because I was watching your singing. I'm a crier. I was watching your singing reel. And I'm like, oh my God, she's so good. <laughs> so, so yeah, so, you know, Put that thing out there, girl. Put that thing out there. Yeah, and I definitely need to start posting updated stuff because I've gotten way better at singing, I will say. So I need to start posting more singing stuff because my mom keeps telling me. But I need to, yeah, I definitely need to start. Oops, sorry. Oh, oh, now, see, now, if we were in an audition, I would be like, see, now that's you're supposed to turn the phone off. <laughs> There's a gentleman by the name of Nehemiah Davis, and he said something, and I live by it. He said, post so much that they, they become sick of you. Mm -hmm. Straight up. That you're putting it out there like, oh my gosh, Phoenix is doing something else. Yes, because here's what that does. That galvanizes the people that may not be doing something. Wow, she's on television. She's winning awards. She's on Broadway. She's doing voiceovers. Now, why is that? Because she's putting herself out there. It's just like you said earlier, Marion. If you're sitting there waiting for it, you'll be waiting forever. Mm -hmm. And, and that's why you have to really go out there. I'm not going to preach, but you really have to go out there and, and, and do it mm -hmm. for yourself. So I look forward to seeing everything that you have going in and on in the future. I look Thank forward you. to saying hi to you on Clubhouse. Marion, I look forward to talking to you on Clubhouse. Thank this you. was amazing. You're an inspiration too. <laughs> Thank you so much. You guys Thank are you. definitely going to have to come back um, after you... Um, do your other roles. I know, you know, the way it works, you can't really talk about it right now until yeah. things are in a can. So when everything is settled and you've uh, won your um, award, because you're going to win. That's what I tell her. That's I, I exactly really what I tell her. No, 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 no. There's no, like... you're going to win. Say that. Say it, please, before we leave. I'm going to win. <laughs> there you go. So, ladies and gentlemen, we've taken enough of your time. Thank you so much for spending Thank the last you. hour and 15 Thank minutes so with much. myself, Mary, and Phoenix. This was awesome. And as I say all the time, love this like a hobby, but please treat it like a business. Everyone have an absolutely amazing and phenomenal night. Bye. Bye. <laughs>